0: Hello everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Dinner and a Show. I am, as always, your host, Tom Bland, and with me, hello. i have Fred oh, hello, pleasure to be and Ponchitos, and I, I love it so much that I had to do it twice. <laughs> it was also, I mean, and yeah, I, why wouldn't you go to Ponchitos, it's delicious, and I got something different than I got last time, so it won't be just a repeat. Um,
1: what did it good this time, Tom? This
0: time, I got
1: the steak burrito, and mm. last time I got the ground beef burrito. Okay, what was the difference uh, between steak and ground beef? Uh,
0: the ground beef was a little bit more on the on the filling side, um, it, and it texture-wise was a lot easier to get through. The steak was a little more, you know, because it's chewy. steak it's chewy, but uh, very delicious. It was it was very you could tell it was fresh. It was they diced it up like right. Pull it out of there, and, uh, got on it, uh, rice, uh, peppers,
1: and tomato and lettuce and pico, and I think guac? Sounds like standard burrito fare for me, but you can't beat the classics. No, and uh, what did you get? So I got a quesadilla, and uh, on it I had pico de gallo, and chicharron, which is like this fried pork rind thing that's absolutely delicious. It's it's my crack. Um, I will do it.
0: Uh, so now, oh, and you do live above the restaurant. Uh, why don't you have a better... Aspana than I do, so how would you describe its like atmosphere
1: and and, vibe? Um, it's very casual, it's very open and and inviting. The one thing I will say is is if you're looking for an authentic Hispanic cuisine, this isn't the right place. That being said, it's delicious nonetheless for an Americanized burrito place, yeah. And I mean, really, what more can you ask for out of a restaurant than delicious? Yeah, and, and all of the ingredients are, you know, fresh and local, and um, I know the staff very well, and I know the amount of care that they put into the food, and that's what really sells it for me. For and I'll say it again, if
0: you're in the Syracuse area and you're looking for a delicious burrito or even quesadilla or taco or anything like that, Punchitos is definitely uh, the place to go. Uh, so now the film we saw was Trance, which was a 2013 film directed by Danny Boyle, and it mm-hmm. starred uh, James McAvoy... And Rosario Dawson and the French gentleman whose character name was Frank. I cannot recall his name.
1: I think I recognize him from like
0: He was in Oceans twelve and
1: thirteen. Okay. I was in Iriversible. Oh, he is in the Rivers. Uh
0: that's a movie I don't think I'll be covering.
1: <laughs> that was that's definitely Vincent Cassel.
0: Okay, I thought it was something with a B. Yeah, uh that's what I knew him from mostly was the Oceans twelve and thirteen movies. I completely forgotten about <laughs> you yeah. mentioned it, Sorry, yeah, it's okay. Um, oh,
2: that's
0: it. Okay, that's yeah, really. from something. He was the director. That's right. He was the director of the play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so he just this has that sinister. He does. Well, it promises the French accent. I mean,
2: <laughs> he doesn't even need to open his mouth though. He just looks. He incredible. does. He
0: does look like a bad guy, and he is usually a bad guy. Things I've seen him
1: in. Um, but. To be fair, in this film, we saw a very naturalistic, humanistic depiction of criminals.
0: Yes, it wasn't the stereotypical "we're gonna, you know, kill everybody and rob everything because we can." It was. Yeah, they are. It Just seem like regular guys who also happen to be
2: criminals. Mm-hmm. They are
0: purely They have a little bit of flesh uh, to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we open up on James McAvoy sitting alone, giving us this speech about. All these great historical lost works and paintings. Mm-hmm. Uh, he opens up with the the story of Rembrandt, lost uh, the storm sea of Galilee, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he kind of we see that there's this procedure he has at his art gallery for if they are robbed. And you see them doing mock drills, and they're mm-hmm. supposed to take the art to this drop shop thing, which sends it to a secure vault. And he goes, but of course, you know that hardly would ever happen. One thing I, I thought was interesting is, because as he's going over the spiel of what they do and how they do it, he talks about how all you needed originally to rob an art gallery was, like, the nerve and some muscle with you. Yeah. You get this, like, little flashback of these three guys and the two massive goons, and one just cracks the dude in the uh-huh. face, and they take the painting, and now he goes, but now you've got scanners and cameras and body sensors and, yeah, da, 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 and all this stuff. It still just comes down to muscle and nerve. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if all that... Um, the uh, talk about all this fancy tech and yada yada, but at the end of the day, it really doesn't amount to anything as long if you don't have, you know, the muscle and the nerve behind it. You mm-hmm. know, is I wonder if that was like Danny Boyle saying like, yeah, there's all this crazy new stuff you can do film wise, but at the end of the day, a film needs X and such yeah. to still be a film.
1: I, I can definitely see that. That um, these are all tools, but there's still procedure, mm-hmm. there's still uh, tactics, yes, yeah. strategy,
2: um, those- Can't be put
1: to the wayside in place of new technology. Uh, One thing that I thought was really interesting is um, when he mentioned the Rembrandt picture at the beginning and how Rembrandt put himself into it, I thought that that was going to be sort of going to bring up a greater point of artistic self-insertion. Yeah. Small cameo or something.
0: Because it's funny because he does say you'd never know he was there. Yeah, yeah the, the painting as a whole consumes you your thing. You don't look for that one little. Uh huh.
1: Um, but that, that never really came up. In fact, what we sort of saw was the major theme of the movie was uh, sort of the opposite: was creative desertion. The the hypnotist removing herself from the narrative. Yes, I can see that. Um,
0: one of the ways I looked at also as the film this is my second time seeing the movie Mm -hmm. was because he says you know Rembrandt's right in the middle of all this you'd never know he was there um I think a big theme of this movie obviously is the theme of self and what is self Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of that metaphor was for Simon is that he's lost in this sea of Mm -hmm. other people's design and other people's you know just this web of entanglement he's caught himself in Mm -hmm. and he doesn't even really know who he is anymore because of these various things. Okay. But I there's certainly, there's, there's yeah, well, also, that's really interesting. there's also definitely your idea of that, yes, the, the hypnotist is, is trying to.
2: This seems, seems um, to be
1: the, sort of the driving yeah.
0: force behind
2: everything that happens.
0: Yes. Um, Simon's conundrum as we go on is definitely, it, well, it's of his own making, but it's also of her own mm-hmm. making as well, for sure. Um, so yeah, after we get this spiel about how, um, there is a very remote chance of a possible break-in. We are immediately put into the art heist, of course, led by Frank and his three
2: cronies. Mm-hmm. Um, we see you know they clearly are planning
0: this out. They've delivered a fake art crate that has their supplies in it, like gas masks and tear grenades or tear gas grenades. Uh, and they even have. A, I'm not sure if it was like a replica ID card of the the head guy or if. They just got it from um uh what's his name? Simon. There we go. I suppose yeah. <laughs> that
1: was the question I had early yeah. on This is this the answer, but now I kind of make yeah. sense in retrospect. How did they get those things into the museum? How did they get that ID card? But because when we were first presented at the heist, we are we don't know that Simon's in on it. Um he does a great job of you know playing the part of of. Uh, Terrified employee. Yeah. And and even, you know, him trying to fight back, tase him, really plays into the part well, even though it goes against his training.
0: Yes. Um, um, and it, it is twofold, because initially we are led to believe, oh, it's, you know, he is a great employee, and he's trying to stop these guys from robbing the the, the art gallery. Mm-hmm. But, um, as we'll discover later, there is another reason behind that tasing.
1: Yeah, if um, there's a... Uh... Added significance to that phrase, so never be the hero. What they say in training?
0: It's because of the training, you know, because no, they also say no painting for the human life. Mm-hmm. But if he had done that, which he wouldn't have gotten that knock on the head, because as he does try to stop Frank from taking the painting from him, he does pull one of the screwdriver's tasers and get him, and then Frank smacks him right in the forehead with the butt of a shotgun. Yeah. And that is the... I, that's the driving force of the whole movie is what happens as a result of this because uh, we see that he gets this massive concussion and a blood well, you know, uh, uh, his brain swelling. So they, they find him, they take him to the hospital. We see a little bit of the surgery where they, they drain the blood. Mm-hmm. And we don't really get a time frame on how long he's in the hospital, but I'm guessing several weeks at least.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and he gets out of the hospital home. his apartment is destroyed yeah and is it at this point we kind of realized that okay he was in on the heist
1: See, i didn't that's not that even when i thought he was in on it oh really um because in in that montage which i liked how they used his sort of uh hospital wooziness as an excuse to make a montage yep. but in that he's being reported on like there are news stories about it so i sort of assumed that like they saw his face on the news uh, and maybe okay. tracked him down that
2: way that was, not,
1: that was i justified that in my mind hey, that's it wasn't until like i i until yeah. one of the henchmen like showed up to his was like we need to have a chat i'm like why is he being so polite about this <laughs> at any rate it isn't long before we discover that
0: simon was in on it mm-hmm. and we kind of get a hint at it because when his boss comes by and says hey you coming we Playing poker or something, mm-hmm. and he says you lose on the screen, and he like goes. So I'm like, okay, maybe it is a, it's a gambling that thing, or he's uh-huh. like something. And it, as it turns out, that is exactly what it was. Uh, he agreed to help these guys. Uh, the painting was "Witches in the Air" by Rembrandt. I thought no, yeah, that was no. Rembrandt. Probably... Go ahead? I, don't I can't remember. But um, so he agreed to help them heist this. Yeah, right. Who cares? <laughs> he agreed to help them heist this painting, um, because. Frank cleared his gambling debts, but now he was just in debt to Frank. And obviously the painting's worth millions and millions of of pounds, sorry, because he said he owed a bunch of people. So Mm -hmm. Frank bought out all their debt, but now he owed that still the same amount, but just to Frank, not to all those people. Okay. Yeah, Frank and his guys resort to some Mm -hmm. gross fingernail torture by ripping Mm -hmm. them off with a knife, not even a plier. They just get under there with a knife and pry it
2: up.
0: I hate... Hand stuff, oh like anytime God. someone does anything to ha- somebody's hands, like the no. Only no, no, thing no. worse
1: than hand is yeah,
0: yeah, And We didn't get any of that,
2: thank God. Thank really. <laughs>
0: um, and he, he, you know, he says, "I don't remember what I, I what happened with mm-hmm. it because, you know, <laughs> you hit me in the head with a shotgun, gave me a concussion, and I don't remember anything." So we see Frank goes to the hospital, and he's talking to the doctor we'd seen earlier taking care of Simon. He's like, "Okay, there's got to be something." that you can give him or something we can do that'll help him, you know, speed this process along. And the doctor's like, it's memory. Like, there's no pill you can take to bring back yeah. memory. And Frank says, okay, well, what about, Listen, what else can I do? And apparently the doctor recommends hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. Frank shows back up at, the, I think it's Simon's apartment, but either way, he shows up and he tosses him an iPad and says, pick one. And uh, Simon kind of quickly scrolls through and he spins it around and we see Dr. Elizabeth Lamb. He goes, her. And he's like, well, why her? he goes, I don't know, I like the name.
2: Mm-hmm. And they
0: give him a fake name, uh, Mr. Maxwell, and he's wearing a wire, and you know, he says, uh, tell her you've lost your keys, or something like that, you can help yeah. her. And he shows up in the office, and we meet Dr. Elizabeth Lamb, and we see that she's treating a bunch of people for stuff like um, anxiety with eating, or uh, <laughs> premature ejaculation in the one guy's case. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, I think and- that's a funny yeah,
0: and a couple other things, and she looks very bored. You know, like these are all kind of mundane problems, really. There's not any like life or death stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and he shows up, and she calls Mr. Maxwell a few times. He doesn't answer for a minute because it's not his name. And then he goes, "Oh, yeah, Mr. Maxwell, it's me." And he turns around, and she looks a bit not surprised, but off. Like,
1: yeah, and, and we don't know why.
0: yeah. And they go into the office, and he gives her the spiel, like, "Oh, I lost my keys, and I need finding find my keys." Mm-hmm. And so she says, "Okay, sit down, close your eyes," and she said like, gives him a bunch of like visualization techniques of like, try to remember the last time you knew you definitively had them. And we see um, a kind of a flashback of him stumbling out of the art gallery with his giant cut on his floor, uh, side of his head. He's got. He says, "The keys are in my pocket. The last time I knew." And she says, okay, you're going to do X and such and yada yada. And she keeps leading him through this. And he goes, okay, now where are the keys? And he goes, oh, they're in my wardrobe. And, oh, as she also notices the wire poking out of his
1: shirt.
0: The outside in the van listening hear this. They go to his apartment and they, you know, rip apart the wardrobe. Not in there. And then. They find the keys though. Yes, he does go to his suit pocket and keys are in there. And the three undergoons are pretty pissed, but Frank is like, "Look, she got his name in thirty seconds, and the keys were exactly where she told him, or he said they would be. So me just got to send him back. Mm-hmm. That's all." I'm like, is this is this going to be like a gritty get shorty? Is yeah, this like like they just have to keep finding excuses to send to therapy. Yeah, <laughs> she is, and Simon is the protagonist of the film, but if she's the
1: artist. Middle yes. the
0: therapist is definitely the one you're like what is going
1: on with you yeah and, and it it reminds it, it brings me back to the quote of never be the hero because there are no heroes in this film not really um it's just a matter of time before and you're not even sure exactly when it happens but you just realize that like oh wait no they're kind of I don't know. I actually
0: argue that as the film goes on Simon becomes more of the
1: bad guy and so does the therapist
0: to an extent. Mm-hmm. Frank almost becomes kind of the good guy. Uh-huh. Not like, a hero guy, but you come to see that Maybe you're like the most straightforward person here. Yeah. You know? Um, But one thing I also thought was interesting in that initial therapy scene is when she goes to hypnotize him, he goes under like, that. Mm-hmm. And because she asks him, have you ever been hypnotized before? And he goes, no. And even one of the goons of the van is like, he's under already? Uh,
2: like, what? And it
1: only makes sense. Later on, when we learned that, like, oh, he's been doing this for a while. Now.
0: Yep. Um, so they they send him back. This time, he's going to just be really vague and general and say, I just need help finding something. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you what it is. I can't tell you why I can't tell you. I just need help finding something. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, we'd also seen after he left his first session that she is Googling him. And she sees, you know, the whole he was at the art gallery when it got robbed, and the painting is still missing, and and all this stuff.
1: Yeah. So at first, you think that she's just like, um, just learning about this, and it's ultra sympathetic. Yeah. Um, it does a really good job of forcing a question to the viewer on who's every on what everyone's motive is. Yes.
0: Um. So when he goes back for the second session, and she he tells her this, of oh, you know, I need help finding. This and I can't tell you why and yada mm-hmm. yada. So she says, Okay, come over here and she points him to a seat really close to her desk and she hits a button that just has a recording of her voice in this like, yeah. like yeah. this
2: right. like,
1: a recording so the parents think that they're up <laughs> you know the...
0: You're in an elevator and they're like deeper and you know, all this stuff. And then she holds up a flashcard and it says, Are you in danger? And he nods, Yes. And then she pulls the next flashcard, Are they listening? Goes, and I said yes. She goes to the next flashcard. How many? And he pulls up four fingers, and then she flips to the next flashcard. Except it's a picture of the painting, mm-hmm. and he's like almost freaks out. Like, how did you know about that? And she's looking, like, yeah. and he, he like sits back down. He calms down a minute, and then she gets real close to him and says, "I don't want to talk to uh, what is it? Does she say Simon?
1: Uh, I want to talk to the men behind.
2: behind him side, something, something like that. Yeah. She she
0: basically, she, up,
2: right into the
0: she completely blows it." Um, so they, they all wind up at this restaurant. Or not all of them. It's just the four goons. So the three goons are on one side of the mm-hmm. restaurant. Frank's on the other. And Frank and went, I found
1: that incredibly ballsy of her. Just like James international. I'm like, do you,
0: do you know what you're getting yourself
2: into?
0: Yeah. Like. Um. But she she meets with Frank and Frank and her have this back and forth about how uh they need to be clear on what they want and. That you know, everything comes down to greed as to why people steal things or take things. Because she asks him, Why do you think he took the painting? He goes, Greed. Simple mm-hmm. as that. He just wanted all the money for himself. And, and she
2: knows that's so, not
0: really. Yeah. And she's like, Maybe. It's, you know, greed's a powerful mm-hmm. motivator. And he goes, So yeah, oh wow. So that's her fielding what
1: his
0: fear exactly. know about this. exactly. She she was very good at fishing for info. Yeah, she wants to know how much Frank and his guys really know, mm-hmm. and we don't know that at the time. But once you've seen the whole movie, it becomes very apparent. A lot of her choices were very deliberate, and she definitely went into this with a methodical plan. So she so Frank says, "I'll tell you what. You help me find this thing with hypnosis. I'll give you like I think he offers like three three percent of the money." Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm "Not gonna cut it. Because if you, if Simon's gonna trust me, he has to see me as being valued equally in this you know partnership. I can't be less than." So I want an equal share of the money. And Frank's like, whatever. because without her, he has no painting.
1: But she doesn't even want the
0: money. no. no. Um, so we see the first group therapy kind of session where it's really just Simon and everybody surrounding him, and she tries to get him to remember, and or she "Oh, the package delivery analogy mm-hmm. which she used the first time. Mm-hmm. So she's like, "You're at home, you're relaxed, and you're anticipating a package being delivered. And this guy shows up, and he, you know, he has a package, and he, he he bounds up from his couch all happy and runs downstairs. And this was, like, the first time I noticed it, but I, this happens uh, several times in the movie, where he gets down to the stairs, and we see it from, like, the security camera point. Mm-hmm. It's, like, all goes on like, the security camera. And the guy hands him the package, and he looks into the camera and, like, waves the package all happy and goes back upstairs. And that's, actually, you know, I think I might even do it the second time, but it's, like, Simon is basically looking at Trying to get something across himself, mm-hmm. so we have seen, seen earlier of him tapping on the glass.
1: glass. Yeah, and, and that happens multiple times, Sometimes. and because he keeps
0: getting this itch, like there's something he can't quite remember. So he bounces back upstairs. He opens the package, and it's you know wrapped in tissue paper and all this stuff. She goes, "Now you're gonna be slow and methodical and not in a rush, but open the package, and you know you'll you'll find where you left it." But as he starts to rip into the tissue paper with his hands, begin to bleed from whatever like, you know, the... Uh, the nail. And he, he bolts up out of the therapy chair, and he's like, ah, he runs off into the, uh, you know, the roof. And she looks at Frank, he's like, I'm gonna go him. And then she goes outside, and we get the backstory of him, like, I'm in way deep gambling. Mm-hmm. I did the dumbest thing you could do. I borrowed higher amounts of money and bet at bigger t- stakes to try to, you know, even things out and win back all my cash. And uh, I really like this scene because a, a lot of this movie is is a, a, told in lighting.
2: And on this yeah. scene,
0: they're out by this neon sign for like this weird club thing that Frank kind of owns. Mm-hmm. And they're both just bathed in red light. it's, mm-hmm. you know, this, this Simon's telling her the stakes so of like, if we don't figure this out, I'm probably dead. Yeah. I think lighting
1: my- plays a huge role in, in this film. Cinematic Yeah, I think it does a great job to help um, well, The lighting does a great job to help distinguish between sort of a dream world and a cinematic world. Like I noticed that he uses camera flares a lot mm-hmm. when um he's under uh hypnosis and spell, like in the very beginning when they're sort of going through uh when he's sitting in the auction house, he's like covered in sort of a camera lens haze. Yes.
0: I think it's cool because also in the lighting, I think every, whenever you're out in public-ish, like on the streets or whatever, it looks normal. It's just normal every mm-hmm. London, Miss Street or whatever. But anytime you're in somebody's personal living space or something, the lighting is always different.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, we see her house is all these, like, orange and yellow tones, and it's very kind of sepia almost. And Frank's is the reds and
2: some mm-hmm. of the blues.
0: And it's interesting because, like, Frank's outside is red like, the outer of the club, and then his inner room, like, his bedroom is all blues. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's kind of, like, on the outside, Frank is this hardened criminal who's gonna, like, break your face in and do whatever. He's but right. but he's really, right. deep down, he's an, a reasonable guy who just, a just wants what we all kind of want as people. you know. Mm-hmm. And we see this relationship with the therapist kind of progresses. He is kind of just like that. But anyway, getting back on track. So... Um, so the first hypnosis ther- session doesn't really work that well.
1: Yeah, so they need so she needs to, yes. um, to induce the thugs, which I thought was going to be more prevalent.
2: Yes. In the later half of the film. I
1: thought that it's like uh The an accent secretly not like use hypnosis keyboard on the
0: thug Exactly. Um, that
1: would have been interesting. Okay. You know, what if when that guy was like getting on of his but like, strawberry, and, yeah. and then he just started freaking the fuck out. I I loved that scene of seeing him being buried alive. The
0: therapy, the, the therapy or the hypnosis sessions are always visually very distinct.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, and how they shot. Um, I, I think Danny Wilkis did a great
2: job
1: of blending um, sort of naturalistic filmmaking with a naturalistic environment,
2: mm-hmm. and then
1: uh, more stylized looking for the heightened sense of reality that we get in the dream world and the or even in those interior shots uh, that are just more constructed spaces as opposed to our natural outdoor being. Yes. Um,
0: um, that's, yeah, Danny Boyle, I haven't seen every film he's ever done, but I've seen a couple and it, it, they're always very visually distinct.
1: He, he just
0: doesn't very do
1: the angles, the panning shots, the use of focus and blur. I love the use of reflection and refraction in this uh, movie. There are so many mirrors and mirror images, and
0: and I, again, I think that ties a lot back to the whole idea that this movie is really constructed upon is is, is self mm-hmm. and how we perceive ourselves
1: and and how can we deceive from a shattered perception of self? Yes, um, which is ultimately. What the movie is about is the therapist trying to repair herself. Exactly. Um, And, you know, the common thing with uh, stories of abuse is the helplessness and the powerlessness. And and the best way to sort of recover from that is to find a form of empowerment and to shift that power back
0: in your favor. Um, it's it's certainly very interesting and i think that um the 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 film does a a really good job of yeah it's yourself uh, your self image is obviously uh shaped by yourself but the therapist mentions like it's constantly being rewritten and it's all based on how you remember yourself Mm -hmm. and it's can you even really know who you are at that point if, you're, if your self-image is shaped by so many other external factors?
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, think there's some great ways to visually represent that. I think there's piece of decor uh... in the therapist's apartment where it's like a, uh, a checkered board of mirrors. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that, that,
1: that there are so many shots where she is framed, you know, refracted between multiple mirrors. Yeah. And it does a great job of of sort of demonstrating how broken she is on the inside. Um, Yes. Well, long way back to our
0: (laughs) therapy session between the goons. Um, But she says that she's going to they're all uh, allegedly under or trying to be put under. And Simon is going to say a word. And when he says the word, they're all going to descend to this. They're one of their primal fears. And then Simon can bring them out of this fear by saying another word. And so she looks at Simon, kind of gives him the nod, and he walks up to them and says, Strawberry. And initially, they all kind of just are like, oh, uh, uh," but then we see the three of them are just like laughing it off, like, this is ridiculous, it's never going to work. Mm-hmm. But we see that the goon in the center is genuinely under. And it's yeah. this fear of being naked and buried alive in a grave, just getting... Shoved on him, and this the way it's shot again. We talked about it, it's like it's very like, visually different from the rest of the film, and mm-hmm. it stands out. And you it, don't
1: see who's burying him, nope. It's just,
0: like, I don't think you see a shovel really, do you? You just see dirt falling on him,
1: yeah.
0: Um, and it's just him naked and alone in this grave, being shivering,
1: crying, and, and and I think this is where we get our first hint of who Simon really
0: is deep down because she looks at him and says, Okay, it, it worked, you know, say the, say the mm-hmm. thing.
1: And well, we see him smile. He's laughing
0: and giggling and smiling along. She's like, okay, okay, you've had your fun. Bring him out of it.
1: And, and that's kind of like he's going through a similar form of reformative healing that she's trying to do at the same time. Or like now the power dynamic has shifted in his favor in relation to the goon. So he's starting to heal a little bit from it. And that's what allows, and, and that's what she's banking on to allow him to proceed. Yes, she um, says he's got to feel
0: safe. Like, you guys aren't just going to, as soon as you get the painting, immediately just kill mm-hmm. Um. So we see that therapy session, and then she she snaps the goon out of it because Simon isn't just going to say the word. And we never even find out what the other word was. Um, so they hope that this is going to be the thing, that now that we've got this, he'll talk. And so they, she goes back home after this th- session with the goons, and Frank is there waiting for her. And says, hey, you know, what do you think? You Think it worked? You know? I think he he you know he, you think he got what he wanted that he saw us as vulnerable like him so we can proceed and she's kind of like probably I mean it, it definitely went a long way towards making him feel more confident and Frank is just kind of not like being not really sinister but he's like it better work you know because I want that painting
2: yeah I mean he, he is taking a great deal
1: of trust and the guy. Either, uh Simon. Simon or the therapist are going to just go rat him out.
0: Yeah.
2: like
1: Or just take the painting and run once they figure out where it is. Exactly. Understandably defensive. It's not irrational.
0: That's the one thing I think the movie really fleshes out with Simon and the therapist the most. Frank, to a little bit of a lesser degree, the goons kind of a little bit too,
2: mm-hmm. but
0: it does go a long way towards showing that, yeah, Frank isn't your stereotypical movie bad guy. He's not just irrationally making demands. Like, he'll do that every now and again. But whenever someone presents him with a reasonable, um, like, answer for why we can't do X and such, he'll acquiesce and not just keep screaming, no, we have to do it, you know, this way.
1: Yeah, like, you know, I think that really shows when they fail at torturing him. Then ripping off the the nails and they're like, I mean, it's not a real thing. And then after a while, they're like, well, maybe he's <laughs> not lying, and he really doesn't remember. A, a lot of just the uh, villains would have just... Kept on going.
0: Exactly. And this is when they try to hypnotize Simon for the second
1: time. This is where we get um, the... museum? Uh, yes, it starts on that country road in the car. Oh, and, and that's... I believe that, that is a reference to Jean-Luc Godard's French New Wave classic film, Breathless. Which I have not seen. Which you have not seen. Um, I. But yes, yeah, it's this very
0: uh, super bright country road, and this little car going down the. Oh yeah, I can see it, kind of. Oh, uh, it's very pre- <laughs> Um But it's super bright, super out in the middle of this gorgeous, cl- not even cloud in the sky, sunny day. They're in this little blue Volkswageny kind of thing. And we hear the therapist overlaying it with, you're on a, you know, a trip down a beautiful road. There's a beautiful girl in the car with you. And eventually she leads you to uh, a constructed space, a museum. And she starts going through all the paintings that Simon listed in the beginning of the film as being lost or stolen or destroyed. And he's seeing them all. And then uh, they focus again on that the Stormy Sea by Rembrandt um and Simon looks you know very incredibly enthused to see that painting in particular mm-hmm. and then she goes but now she takes you to another room and in it we see a, another iPad a lot of product placement for Apple in this movie ironically like not like in your face product placement but mm-hmm. every phone was an iPhone everything was an
1: iPad yeah i think they definitely got yeah. some financing for oh, that I, I, and I, and the uh, whatever car body <laughs>
0: Uh, Alpha Romero, I think it was.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I can't remember, but um, no, it was not. There. But so yeah, she she takes him to another room, and in it we see another the iPad again, and she goes, but now you feel safe, you feel like nothing bad's gonna happen, so you're gonna remember what happened. And he clicks play on the iPad, and we see kind of a second Simon on the day of the mm-hmm. and he's like. Going, we see him talking to himself, going through the procedures of what he's supposed to do, and he goes, "Okay, but once nobody's looking, I pulled out a razor and I cut the painting
1: out of its framework and I hit it in my jacket." So we start getting a little bit more of the truth, finally. Yes. Um, and then he goes,
0: "I gotta, you know, the frame up, I'm walking, and I'm going, going, going." And then we get to the point where Frank comes in with a shotgun, and he says, "Puts the, he puts the bag on the ground, and he goes, but now." But Frank is going to open it. He goes, I can't let him open it, because I don't know why it's not there. And then, you know. So then we see that's why perhaps grabs uh, the security guy's here. Because
1: uh, he uh, if Frank had opened thing, the thing, he would have seen it wasn't there. Wouldn't have just and killed him. Probably,
0: yeah, Killed him with first
1: thing. Yeah.
0: And
2: then after he found him on him,
0: killed him. would have ended up with a dead Simon. Um so Simon gets hit in the head. And we see that he kind of—that's a stumbling block because we see he starts to kind of, um, even the, the real world Simon starts to kind of like, like go into like.
2: Uh,
0: she goes, "That's no, okay. You're from a safe distance. You're fine still. You keep watching." And so She goes, "Okay. So I wake up. I still have the painting. I stumble out because I got to get away because if the, you know, the police or whoever find me with it, then I might not
1: be killed, but I'm
0: going to jail for all a long, long time." Mm-hmm. And we see Simon stumbling around the streets of London, and he pulls out his phone because he gets a, an alert. We don't know what yet. We don't know what the alert was. But he gets an alert, and he gets hit by a car, the red Alfa Romero. And she goes, "Who was driving the car?" And he looks at the driver in the car, and it's Doctor Elizabeth Lamb.
1: Mm-hmm. He goes, "It's you." And Mitch, like. At the moment it's happening, mm-hmm. you think that like he is reself inserting himself into the memory and like bringing her back into the past. But oh my God, that, that was really smartly done.
0: Yeah, and she's she's like, and the, the, he starts to freak out in the car because
2: Elizabeth
0: from the dream helps him into or the memory helps him into the car. she's says, "Oh, I'm going to take you to the hospital." And all this stuff, and he starts spilling off of like, "Why would you do this to me? How could you? How could you do this? How could you make me forget?" Mm-hmm. And he freaks out and memory, and in
1: real life, lunges at her, and the goons are straining. Yeah, so, like, at that point, when he says, why did you make me forget?" Yeah. I thought that, like, like, that's just when pieces are first starting to fall into place, that, like, they had a relationship before the heist. Yes,
0: now you're starting to click like, oh, she looked at him, and she saw him, mm-hmm.
1: But But... She does a great job show. of making did it appear to good? the goons. That he is growing an obsession with her.
0: Yes, and even to Simon himself, that that, that she convinces him that no, 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 you we, this is just because you have feelings for me or something like
1: that. Well, that's not a lie though, because Simon has always had feelings for it's her, not, and that's she- why. She- um, but she spins it to the goons
0: is no no, it's because of the therapy and he feels <laughs> safe around me.
1: You see how he's inserting all these
2: memories of me into himself. It's
0: Obviously traumatized. So this is the MRI. Yeah. After this. Yes. So they him, uh, they him an MRI or whatever.
2: And mm-hmm.
0: she's telling Frank like, like this is when she gives the speech on how self-identity is based upon memory and all these things, and you're it's a const it's a string of constant thoughts and then experiences, yada mm-hmm. yada, and when you hit him in the head it with anything he can, and he's filling it with me. He's, he's become obsessively we call it transference, which is an actual psychological term that happens when you're in therapy sometimes. Okay. Um, it's because uh, often as therapists' empathy is misconstrued as romantic interest.
1: Sure. And uh, so Especially with those who are like just so foreign to the concept of receiving empathy. Exactly. Um, and it's me, from time guys, I've to say, oh, I'm a lot of. Empathy. Honestly, none of them have. And I think that that might be one reason why she is able to get in there so easily. Um, so we get this sequence during the MRI where he's going to, Simon
0: is going to be shown images. And every 10 seconds, the least thought of image is going to be dropped from the frame. And every time he thinks about an image of her, he's going to receive an electrical shock. And every time he does think of an image of her, the shock is going to intensify. And so this goes on and on. At first, it's like a picture of a kid with a dog and da 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 but then he thinks of her and he gets shot. Shortly after that, he thinks of her again, he gets shot. And Frank is talking to her about how, like, this is nonsense and you can't, like, maybe this hypnotism stuff doesn't even really work and the power suggestions are kind of crap. And then this is when she reveals to him that uh, he's not actually being shot. He only thinks he's being shot, mm-hmm. and they didn't focus on time, But at this point, we can see on the background of the monitor that almost every single picture mm-hmm. is her face.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like he it really is an obsession at this point for him. Um, and we get then him waking up, and oh, Frank also says like, "So what? What are you gonna do? You're gonna take him out? You're gonna have sex with him? And that's gonna help him focus and remember?" She's like, "I'll yeah, I'll do what I have to do." and they go to dinner at this restaurant and this is another little clue that things are kind of off. Is when they get out of the cab and she sees the restaurant choice, she looks very not happy to
1: be there. Uh-huh.
0: And she, she kind of grabs at her
2: neck
1: a little bit? Yeah. Oh, okay. Something happened. Mm-hmm. And that's like a... Recurring gesture with her. Yes. Um and while they're in the restaurant,
0: a waiter comes by who and he looks like Oh yeah, that waiter gives
1: him so much side
0: It's like you're he's kind of like a look of like, really? You you're back? Kidding? Yeah. And I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a boy looking waiter. Um
1: But James McElvoy seems to agree with
0: me. Yeah. Um but yeah, McAvoy's like, What do you, and she says, like, What do you want to get? And he's like, Oh, I always get the thing. And he goes, Wait, that's a lie. I never I've never been here. I never He's kind of looking at the waiter like, it's weird though. I can swear I know that waiter. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, okay, the threads are getting unraveled here. And so they go, they have this date, dinner date. And um, clearly he's off put by this weird sensation of why do I keep feeling like I'm remembering things that I shouldn't be remembering, mm-hmm. you know? And so he goes home and he says, this is me. You know, uh, and that's kind of it. He gets out of the car. And he goes back to his apartment, and she goes home. Yes, I think it is. Yeah, cause she goes to Frank's place. Okay, 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 okay. I think, I got this.
1: Okay, so they go on okay. a date. Um, As they're leaving the date, he, they arrive at his place, and he's kind of expecting an invitation up. Yeah. But he, he just leaves. And yes. she goes. So then I think she goes to Frank's to confer.
2: Yes.
0: Okay, that's right.
1: And I, that's when... Her and Frank hook up. Yes. And that's when...
2: Uh...
0: Oh, because she tells Frank that the reason they didn't hook up was because he feels jealous. Yes. yes. Which, I guess it's not... It, it, well, as we later discover, maybe it's true, but I don't think he was certainly conscious of that. Yeah, we never see it explicitly. Because um... I think Frank... <laughs> is, she's, she's looking for reasons to get Frank why this, this is taking so long. Mm-hmm. And it. So yeah, and her and Frank wind up hooking up, and we see that she posts sex is looking in his drawers, and in the bottom one we see a wallet. Yeah, and I said
1: like, oh man, she's just gonna off him right here, right now. Yeah, I was it's like, like,
0: oh man, this would be a hell of a, a hell of a term for this movie to take.
2: Yeah, and, and that was that. That point I'm like, she really just like help
1: this guy out altruistically? and get out of there, that might be, like, the <laughs> quickest solution? I'd <laughs> say the best, but it would, it would work. No, but she's already gotten herself involved far greater than she ever should have been in a situation with this with a normal client. Yeah. Which, um, I mean, having happened the first time also that so, a... uh, okay. so yeah, she
0: leaves, or as she's going to leave, we see Frank wake up and um, he talks to her. and He says, "Do you have a boyfriend?" She goes, "Like, oh, now you ask." And he's like, mm-hmm, "Do you?" And he, she's like, "No, I'm single." And she says, "Really? How is that possible?" Because like, Rosario Dawson is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, she is. And she he tells him, "Well, I was in a relationship. It grew violent, and now I'm not. Mm-hmm. And I refuse to be the victim." Of it. And as she's leaving, he's like, hey, I don't know, like maybe we could do something again sometime or whatever. And she's like, yeah, I guess we could. And she leaves. And I think that's one of those little moments they gave us like, where you know, Frank isn't this super cocky, like, gangster movie-going guy. He's, yeah, he's
1: not uh, pure evil. Yeah. He's
0: just most <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, he, and we see that he's, he is kind of vulnerable with her because, like, he's stumbling over his words. He can't really get the sentence out. Mm-hmm clearly is interested in her yeah. and uh, so she goes home and as she goes home we see simon kind of stalking in the distance mhm and
1: i thought it was really weird how the music they were while he was going home was kind of like upbeat music mhm just sort of like elevator-esque uh cheering music well i mean they're... yeah
0: Alright, so, uh, so yes, yeah, Simon barges into the apartment, and, uh, oh, we forgot to mention, as they, as um, Frank and uh, Elizabeth are hooking up, uh, one of the coons mm-hmm. the- sees them, and goes to tell Simon that they're hooking up, mm-hmm. as, like, kind of one of, um, that maybe Simon and Elizabeth
1: are together, and they're going to try everybody out and figure out what the pain is, Yeah. and
0: Simon, this time, barges into her apartment, and then, just outright accuses her of that. Like mm-hmm. you're, that's what you're doing, right? You're gonna find the painting. You're gonna kill me, and that's what this has always been. And she's like, "You know, you're crazy. You're paranoid. Where, who, where are you getting this from?" And he tells her that the guy told her. And then she like flips on him and saying like, "Hey, like you know, if you wanted me, you could have had me that one night, but you like just took off. And what was all that about?" And they start to. He starts to kiss her, and they go to like. Things are clearly progressing, and she goes, "Hold on a minute," and she goes to the bathroom. We hear the but like a, the buzz of a razor going, and when she comes out, she has completely shaved her pubic area, which is something she said she knew he would be into, mm-hmm. and we see that he is definitely into it. And he's like, "How did you know?" And she says, "You told me."
1: And, and we assume at that point that it's something that we that he told her under hypnosis, have just like Jenny. Decided not to show us. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Um, But that we find out is not the case. mm -hmm. So after um, they hook up at her place, we see that uh, Simon. Well, they don't, but we think they do. Yeah. And so Simon leaves and he runs into Frank. Mm -hmm. And Frank is like, do you remember where it is now? he goes yeah actually i do i do remember where it is and he goes great how about you come back to the the place and we'll tell you and he goes sure and they go back to frank's hideaway and frank and the three goons are there and he says why don't you tell us we're all here and simon's like oh, i'm sorry i'm just like he's kind of like weirdly giddy he's like i'm just nervous he goes, mm-hmm. can i use the restroom for a minute and he goes they go yeah yeah take your time And he runs to the restroom. He washes his face. And when he comes out, they're not there. And he's, like, looking around, and the food is still cooking on the stove, the TV's still playing. And then we see up this kind of yellow window-ish thing. We see the four of them talking, and they're all like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're finally going to get it. And then after we get it, we're going to kill him, right? And he goes, yeah, that's what we're always going to do, obviously. And he, he hears them, and he tries to get out of the apartment, and all the doors and stuff are locked. And he calls Elizabeth and elizabeth wakes up and says what's wrong and he goes you know i mean i'm at frank's and they're going to kill me cuz they they know i know where the painting is and once i give it to them i'm dead and she says okay all right uh how about this go up to frank's room and she kind of guides him there and she goes now open the drawer and he goes to open the top drawer and she goes no the bottom one mm-hmm. and that was our first clue of like okay How'd you know that he was reaching for the top drawer? Uh huh. And he opens the bottom drawer and he sees her revolver. And she goes, "Do you see the gun?" He goes, "Yeah." She goes, "Can you use it?" He goes, "I don't know. I have never used one of these before." And she says, "Do you want me to call the police?" And he goes, and he's very emphatic about, "No, I'll I'll handle this myself. It's better." And he even says, "It's better
1: this way." Mm-hmm. And, and that's when I started to of realize to see says something effective on If I can sink... My teeth into them deep enough, I can get them to want to do anything. Exactly,
0: and he leaves the room and he goes as he's getting down the hallway. He says, "By the way, Elizabeth, I remembered where the painting is." And she goes, "You don't have to tell me right now." He goes, "No, I do. I do have to tell you right now." Mm -hmm. And he tells her it's in a red
2: (laughs) alcove.
0: And she she says i love you and he goes i love you too and he hangs up the phone and he comes out and you see the three goons up there and the he just yeah
2: the glass
0: and Frank comes around the corner and is like what are you doing you know it's it's her Simon. it's always been her mm-hmm. and she's using you and he shoots him in the shoulder and he's like no you can't do this don't let her win if she if you do this she wins because she knows where it is now and
2: he blows
0: Top half of his head just blows right off. Just gets, yeah, taken off. And then yeah. the headless, mostly headless corpse. The sits nearly headless. Up, nearly headless. Frank. <laughs> uh, fairly headless Frank. <laughs> 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 um, Frank, his his headless-ish body sits up and says, "She's gonna win, Simon." That I was so uncanny. Out.
1: Yeah, I was like, I was like
0: oh. Yeah. "Oh!" And then we see we see the real world because it turns out this is all just a fantasy that Simon was having.
1: He's been sitting on sitting naked on the bed in his this apartment whole time. doing it's nothing. In
0: her apartment. Oh, that's right. In her apartment.
1: And um, she's Which is why I'm like, they didn't really hook up.
0: Yes. Um, she's getting uh, ready to leave because now she knows where the painting is. And she, as he wakes up from this fantasy that he was in, he l- opens the jacket and the gun hmm And he moves outside and he comes out of the room he's like, Elizabeth, is that you? And he has the gun and he's like getting ready to go. And we see that Elizabeth has been caught by the goons on her way out, and Frank is in there, and he like beats he, you know, he gets the gun away from Simon and he basically tells Simon in the real life what he said in the fantasy, like, this is her. She's but she's doing this to us. Yeah. Like she's using us. And he goes, No, she like she left me the gun. She wanted me to kill uh-uh. you guys.
2: She, she loves basically, me. Basically,
0: yeah. And Fred said, oh, really? She left you the gun? And he pointed to Simon and she was like, ah, But gun's empty. It's a blank. And he opens it up and goes, this is what she thinks of you. Mm-hmm. She was gonna, like, use you, basically, as, like, a, a diversionary tactic yeah. for us. And she comes or in the house. You're just a tool. Yeah. She comes in the house with the goons, and the goons are like, okay, enough of this shit. We know where it is. Real, she knows where it is now. Mm-hmm. And you know, they they one goon starts to kinda of choke her out and Simon says, No, stop, I'll tell you where it is. Um and they let her go and he tells them it's in this car park. And we see her kind of bring her hand to her mouth like, like the implication being that she's now like she's shocked because
1: now the goons know and they're going to you know, get rid of her. And Simon, see I remember hearing like a little clink exactly. when that happened. i yeah, like yeah, yeah. I thought like the first thing that came to my mind was like a suicide pill that, or
2: like, cyanide, yeah. Yeah, that she
1: was just trying to like snip herself something for an easy way out. And and like, then when she kissed him, I'm like, oh, is she trying to like kill both herself and him? But then, yeah, yeah. so yeah, we do get
0: this little clink as she brings her hand to her mouth. And um, so once they find out where it is, Frank goes off on this whole thing. You were just going to leave us, take the painting and split. Right. And Simon looks her and says, say something. And she stands up, and Simon stands up with her, and they kiss. And it's a long, it's yeah. a long kiss. And like one of the goons looks at Frank and is like, "See, she was just manipulating everybody when, like, when she hooked up with you, she wasn't really into you. She was just using it as a way, like, to get in your head." Mm-hmm. And so um, Frank nabs Simon and says, "We're gonna go get the painting. She's gonna stay here with them, and we'll sort this all out afterwards." And I think at this point, Frank maybe was probably gonna kill them both, because he's just had enough of this shit. So, Frank
1: was definitely there for the torture and punishment of Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: But in the elevator, we see that uh, Simon spits out into his mouth three bullets that she left. Right outside of the elevator.
2: Oh,
1: that's right. Yeah, they're they're waiting waiting for
2: it.
1: And that's when he hears and turn the TV on so they they drown out the sound of her struggles. Yep. Which is sort of what motivates him to, you know, use the bullets. Yeah.
0: So he looks over the side and he sees the fire extinguisher.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And
0: Frank is, isn't really paying attention. He's kind of very lost in his own world at this point. And so Simon signs up, gets the fire extinguisher. He says, hey, Frank. And Frank turns around. and He blasts him right in the eyes of the, the fire extinguisher. Cool. And then just cracks him in the nose with it.
1: Just, oof.
0: And so Frank goes down. Mm-hmm. He takes the gun. He loads the three bullets.
1: And that's the moment that reminded me of reverse yeah. C blade where Frank's the one who bashes someone else in, but the yeah. yeah. fire extinguisher
0: much more gruesomely. Oh, 100%. This is just one quick smack.
2: It yeah. uh, sounded awful. It <laughs> did.
0: Yeah. Um, so he loads the three bullets, goes into the apartment, uh, and I love that the one guy sees him and is like,
2: "What?" And he's,
0: yeah, <laughs> he like sees Simon come back in, and then uh, he turns into the kitchen, and the one guy, guy is there and just blam, shoots him, and or no, in the living room. And he yeah, shoots
2: him, in with the bullet, the TV. him with the bullet through him through
0: the T V. then he goes to the bedroom and we see that the one guy who was clearly about to violate Elizabeth and he goes mm-hmm. and he shoots him in the junk. Oh my
2: god.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then uh, the
1: third guy's like,
0: oh whoa, oh, you're like oh, cool, cool. you don't gotta do this, you gotta do this. And Elizabeth's like, Okay, like he's clearly not gonna do it, and boom, Simon still shoots him anyways. Yeah,
1: at that point, like a threshold has been crossed. Yeah,
0: in for a penny, in for a penny.
1: Yeah. yeah. And just goes, like a gambler. He,
0: he goes to her coat and he
1: fishes out more bullets and he loads the gun back
0: up. And he's very clearly unhinged at this point. Mm-hmm. Like something has just snapped inside his head. And oh, because as he was walking away from Frank, and he, he, he says, This is what she thinks of me, really. And, he, you know, because he shows him the bullets and he loads yeah. them up. And, and, uh, so he comes back out with her and he's just going to cap Frank right there in the hallway, but she stops him. Which, I don't entirely understand why. I think it, because at this point, he feels like, okay, I've assaulted you, I've killed your three goons, if I don't kill you now, you're probably going to come after me later, kind of deal.
1: Yeah, I don't understand why she stops that. Oh, so, I think it's because she generally like Frank. Okay. I think I think she
0: just kind of, she, she, not like in a, like, uh, in love with him kind of way, but like, in a way of Frank is very open about who Frank is. Mm -hmm. What you see is what you get, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Whereas we find out very shortly later that is not the case when she was dealing with Simon.
1: No, you're right. He is as villainous as he is. He is the most honest character in the movie. Yeah.
0: So she goes, no, 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 no. He can need help. He, He grabs Frank and they drag him down to the car. They go to the car park and Elizabeth gives the guy some spiel about. Yeah, so this
1: is where the big exposition comes in. Yes.
0: He gives mm-hmm. him some spiel about how she, she screwed up and she left her car, blah, 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 blah. The guy lets him in. I think they have to pay like a, a pretty hefty fee of like a thousand pounds, something like that. Something like that, yeah.
2: And they finally
0: went out Got a dent in the hood, right, where Simon, in his uh, memory, or being advertised, got hit by it. Mm-hmm. So they get in the car. Uh, they put Frank in the driver's seat. He sits right behind Frank. She's in the back with him. They zip tie, or he zip ties Frank to the steering wheel, and they start driving. He was Frank, you know, a good spot, you know, isolated and by itself. And,
1: and and we've been there before, haven't we? Uh,
0: it might be where they were torturing him
1: initially. Yes, I think it yeah. was. I think that's yeah.
0: And they so on the drive there,
1: he looks at Elizabeth and says, "There is something in me that I
0: can't." Mm -hmm. And I I keep getting these glimpses and flashes, and you're going to help me remember. And she says, Simon, some things are better
1: left Mm forgotten. And it's at this point that I'm not sure. The big question for me at that moment during that conversation is, does Elizabeth know about the owner of the car?
0: I don't think she knew for certain until that repressed memory. Mm-hmm. came up i don't think she was aware of that until that that therapy session and i think she had a pretty good idea okay um because i don't see how she would have known up mm-hmm. until that point and maybe she had hoped it wasn't the case but now as we
1: were about to my up, best guess is that it was her best guess when she when uh he was reliving the memory the first time and like thought that it was her in the car and she's like, No, that wasn't me. Yeah. Like, who no, was it? And he's like, no,
2: it was you. Yeah.
1: Um Yeah. Um, so we get this
0: flashback story of finally how they met. Simon had the gambling problem. He finally decided the only way to stop make himself stop was to go to hypnosis. Mm-hmm. He meets the doctor, they have a rapport, it goes pretty well, but his problem's really deep rooted, so he requires multiple sessions. Um, their rapport grows into an eventual affair, and she knows she should not be doing this to the patient, but they're really Mm -hmm. into each other. And at first, it's great. Um, Especially,
1: like, a patient that you have so much power and influence over. Mm -hmm. Um, It's interesting that that's flipped,
0: uh, that the the female doctor has that much sway over the male patient.
1: Well, the, the... Not only... Does it switch? It seesaws. Yeah. Is is it is not constant and it fluctuates throughout the film. And I think that that's the movement of that power dynamic is really what causes what propels the film forward. Yes.
0: Um. So yeah, they begin this affair, and it's first. It's great. We see flashbacks of them like on dinner dates and him explaining art to her, and that's where he drops the tidbit about how he prefers, you know, you know, no pubic hair because it's uh, you know, idealized perfect human form or whatever before nagoya ruined everything he says uh-huh. it's like a perfect, perfect yeah
2: fantasy.
0: and then she says but eventually you grow obsessed with me like you feel like you need me and that without me you'd fall apart mm-hmm. and yada yada and we see him start to unravel and they have this huge argument in the restaurant with the same waiter
1: yeah uh before. she mentions that uh he thought that she was eyeing the waiter, mm-hmm. so we see in the restaurant he like sits the waiter down mm-hmm. across from her and is he like, at
0: "Look at this beautiful table. couple, yada da And we've seen that the earlier scene, a couple of times before him tapping on the glass was him tapping on like a bedroom window because she was like texting somebody. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Who is that?" And she goes, "Oh, it's just a you know, work or something." And yeah. Goes, so he's growing increasingly paranoid. And yada yada. She says, "You grew to hate me as much as you grew to love me." And then we see after the restaurant argument that she comes home and he, like they get this huge blowout. She goes to leave and he smacks her and she's like, okay, that, that was like the tipping point where I just couldn't do this anymore. And so she cuts it off with him or she tries to cut it off with him, but he, he keeps being obsessive and sending her messages, and calling and emailing, and blah, blah, blah. And finally one night he sneaks into her building because one guy's leaving and he comes in right as mm-hmm. the guy goes out and against her better judgment, she lets him in mm-hmm. and they start the argument and he, grabs her by the throat, which is where we get that tell and the tick almost of her repeatedly yeah. feeling
1: near her throat. And the thing I hate about that is is you hear him outside the door being like, I, I just need a moment to see that you're okay and then I'll leave you alone. And and that's just clearly not fucking true. Yeah. And, and... and
0: so yeah, so it's the when at this point she hatches a new plant. Mm-hmm. Where she's gonna keep continuing the therapy, which he keeps wanting to do,
1: but which I gonna, think is also a challenge. Mm-hmm. Like, like, how can how can the those therapy sessions continue? be constructive when there's this underlying tone of leaps? Yeah, and that
0: climate. Um, and so she perverts the therapy, as she she puts it in her own words. Mm-hmm. Um, that so she can instead of helping him focus on gambling. She's gonna have him focusing on forgetting her and not wanting her and mm-hmm. you know, just wanting to go on with the rest of his life. And so eventually she says, You start coming late, and eventually you just stop showing up. And he goes, That's what you made me forget. And she's like, Yeah, basically. And they finally park and he says, All right, painting's in the trunk, go get it. And it's at this point where I think she kinda has an idea of what's in the trunk. She's like very clearly doesn't want to get out of the car and see what's in there. Mm-hmm. And he, she gets out, uh, he gives her the keys, and she pops the trunk. And sure enough, it's the, the woman we'd seen in the um, museum fantasy memory mm-hmm. is driving
1: the, her through. Yes. The, the lady driving through the French countryside
0: no, is, um, is the owner of the of red, the red car. car. And she is in the trunk, decomposing. With the painting, and um, it, and we see Elizabeth says, "Uh, she's you know she's so sorry. She never you know clearly never meant for any of this to go this far." Mm-hmm. Um, he gets Simon gets out of the car as well. Frank is still zip tied to the steering wheel, and he looks at the body and isn't really that bothered by it. Mm-hmm. He just takes the painting.
1: Yeah, I I think he he's more bothered than he lets on. I I remember that. I remember that sequence in the car a little bit differently. I, I think he he learned more about the murder before they check the trunk.
0: Um, oh yeah, we do see we see the continuation of that scene. Yeah. And they stop
1: yeah. Exactly.
0: Um, and yeah, it's it's yeah he. So, remaining... so it's
1: before they they park and get into yes. the back of the trunk that they sort of realize that. In his in his delusional state, mistaking the driver for Elizabeth, his abusive tendencies come back out, and he kills her, mm-hmm. hides the car, and then like then stumbles back out in the public somewhere and collapses. Yeah. Um. And so, so and and we see him like kind of shaken up by this.
0: We do, and I think, yeah, I think the more I think about it, it isn't so much as he doesn't care as it's a, more of
1: so much has happened since then.
0: Yeah, it's almost a numbness.
1: Not, yeah. not a lack
0: of bearing. Mm-hmm. And I think... I think he even says something along the lines of... You made me forget before. You can make me forget again. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he just wants to not remember anything just happened. And so he gets out of the car. He gets the painting. He sees the dead girl. He closes the trunk. Or he, And there's a gas can in the trunk. Yeah. He takes that, closes the trunk up, and starts putting the gas all over the car. And he opens the door... Closes, shut the other door, mm-hmm. and leaves a the trail. He the cards. Elizabeth is trying to convince him, "You don't have to do this. You don't have to do this." And he shoots the the ground, which causes. Well, the before that,
1: he finally says, "I oh, know I don't need to do this. That's right. I want to do yeah, this. That's right. Yeah." And
0: I think I think there is something in that for him, in the sense of taking some of his perceived lack of power back, mm-hmm. because when he finds out, so much of his recent life is someone else's design, mm-hmm. you know, forcing him to forget, forcing him to, you know, do all this stuff, and I think this is him, like, nope, this is a me decision now, yep. this is what I want to
1: do. This is a cycle of abuse and healing and reabuse and rehealing. healing yep. and, um... And, uh, yeah, he shoots the gas,
0: which ignites it, or he shoots the crown, which sparks mm-hmm. and ignites the gas, and the car goes up, Frank tries to, or Frank manages to cut himself free of the zip tie, but not enough, so the fire is still trapped uh elizabeth runs off um and i think this is telling because he doesn't go after elizabeth at this point Mm -hmm. he stays to watch frank die yep and i think the obsession with elizabeth has kind of lessened to a degree here and it's more about taking that power back and Mm -hmm. like wanting to inflict his rage on somebody that he feels is like the, the cause of it at this point because mm-hmm. frank was the one who came to him to convince you know yada yada and all this stuff happened well
2: he, he's he's the one who came to frank the
0: idea. yes um but i think he still has a lot of resentment towards frank anyways because mm-hmm. frank's the one that hit him in the head and made him remember all this stuff yeah so i think he's like no frank if i'm gonna suffer you're gonna suffer mm-hmm. and so we see elizabeth running and, and frank's trying to get out of the car and he he Simon shoots at the car to keep Frank in from going anywhere. Um, And then Elizabeth is, like, they're in this junkyard kind of thing. And she's, like, going to all these vans, seeing if they have keys or whatever. And she finally finds one that does. And she comes around the corner, and she's barreling straight at the car. And Simon sees her and doesn't move. And we see another flashback. We see that notification we got earlier from the phone. And it's a, a message that says, bring it to me. Boom, plows into Simon, plows into the car, pushes the car into the water. Simon is... falls in the water as well. Mm-hmm. Car hits the water, the fire goes out. The windshield, which had been shot a couple times, cracks under the pressure. Frank is able to swim out. Mm-hmm. And um, then we finally get the last bit of backstory where we see that in addition to hypnotizing herself, mm-hmm. hypnotizing Simon to forget her, she also wanted a painting as recompense for all of the the stuff he'd put him or she had put her Simon had put her through. And um as a way of kind of like taking a little bit of power back for herself. Yeah. And not letting herself be the victim. And um so you know Frank swims out of the car and he sees her and she goes, Are you okay? And he screams very emphatically, No. (laughs) (laughs) Not okay. (laughs) Um and then he kind of goes under for a second and when he comes back up she's gone. Mm -hmm. And then we we see Frank back in his pool. Um, and he gets a knock on the door, uh, bell rings or something like that, and I laughed at this part because when he answers the door, the delivery guy is the same delivery yeah. guy from Simon's. Yeah.
1: Mom, so, so is that is that final scene real?
0: I bet this is what we're about to find out So he opens the box, and in it is an iPad, which we've seen used in Simon's hypnotherapy multiple times, and he uh, opens it up and it's a message from Elizabeth and she says we see her somewhere with the painting hanging on the wall behind her. She says, it looks pretty good, doesn't it? Um, now I know what you'd want me to do, Frank. You'd want me to to sell it or, you know, with return the money. it to you or something yeah. like that. You're just, and she she like touches the iPad and a little app icon pops up and mm-hmm. it says Trance. She goes, you can do this and you'll forget. But it's at the end of the day, it's up to you, Frank. Mm-hmm. And the last shot we get is of Frank kind of like and hawing about whether or not to hit the pub.
1: Yeah. And it might its worth mentioning. To my knowledge, there's no video format that allows <laughs> an app to pop up like that. <laughs> uh, yep. YouTube annotations are kind of the closest thing I can think of to it. But... Uh, So so that screams sort of unreality to me. It does,
0: and but let's assume that at some point she did send something to him in a similar vein mm-hmm. that was like of hey i you know maybe you will find me hope you do blah 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 but if you want to forget here's how you do it and i think that she kind of realized her mistake the first time was forcing that on somebody and Mm -hmm. then just the consequences that that can wreak and that if this is what if it's not real and frank is indeed being hypnotized it is frank's choice this time Mm -hmm. and i think that she's kind of learned the lesson of like there are consequences even when you think well, he's just gonna forget me, and then he'll go on with his life. And how can anything happen? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. no matter everything you do, has a, a, an effect. But this time, at least, if somebody is going to forget her, it will be because they genuinely want to.
1: Yeah. And and then for a line that she says to him after they make love, um, which is uh, something to the effect of the only way is to move on. The only way to get past your trauma is to accept it and move on. Which, funnily enough, she doesn't listen to.
2: No.
0: Um. I mean, she tries, but I don't really know how well she succeeds.
2: Uh-huh. She does she... try
1: until he shows up back again in her office. Yep. And at that point, it all seems like... But it, we quite... learn... By the end of the movie, that she has been influencing his actions for far longer than that. Yes. So, how much of the heist was her idea? Yeah.
0: Well, it, I guess it
1: was. Oh, it no, was entirely
0: it was entire her idea. idea. Because we see that she also has to go back to his gambling ways, and she says, "You're going to be you're going to lie, you're going to cheat, whatever you it. have to." Yeah. And once you're out of options, you're going to bring me. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. That, was entirely her idea now that we think about it um but that so that was trance by danny boyle and i think overall that was a really good film and there's definitely a lot of a lot of interpretations a lot of takeaways from yeah it.
1: it's dense there's a lot to unpack a lot more, more can be said about the uh, concept of reflection and the dualities of, of people within this film um you know the fact that uh it was his strong love for her that that him to hate her is another uh mirrored duality in in this film. Um and I think most important like the the cherry on top is just Danny Boyle does a wonderful job of cinematically reinforcing all of these tropes, not just uh through characters but but through camera movement, camera Carol placement, yeah, visual tricks. Um and
0: it, but it it's very well because he's very good at his craft Mm, look what i'm
1: doing you catch
0: this theme you know it's yeah, it's, it's, it's all very very yeah um, anyway. and i think that goes back to the
1: reality of cinema, the naturalism of human existence exactly and i th- i think that's what makes danny boyle just such a great filmmaker in general yeah I, I definitely will go back and check
0: out some of his other films i haven't seen yet um, the one I always, people like say Danny Boyle, and my head always goes to 28 Days Later. So yeah. I think, yeah. <clears throat> think that's the first film i ever saw. It it's it's good. so
2: good,
1: also. Like, for yeah. low-budget yeah. horror film, it's amazing. The the camera angles, the soundtrack. The, uh, yeah. the uh, Yeah.
0: So, in case you couldn't tell by our talking about this film, it's definitely pretty good. You should go see it. Um, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I bought my copy at Soundgarden, which is where I buy, like,
1: 99% of my movies. Oh, I love the Soundgarden. Fun yes. for me guys. As a <laughs> former record store employee, when I moved up here, Soundgarden was one of the first stores I, I checked out and I fell in love. It's great. I cannot recommend the Soundgarden enough. Just like how I can't recommend <laughs> trance enough. Boom.
0: Mic drop. Uh well, that is gonna be it, guys. We're running a little long, about an hour and seventeen, but it's it's all good um thank you for listening you can uh i always post the direct links on our facebook page and on a show you can always also listen to us on apple podcasts or spotify however you listen to your podcasts and i will see you guys next time with another restaurant and another movie thanks for listening guys bye